Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number three. Give me five. I'm Pete, and joining me again tonight are Matt. Hey, everybody. And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of the Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Good night, guys. Ah, doing well. How are you guys? Tom? Yeah, doing well. Good. Well, guys, tonight, as promised, we're going to introduce a little conflict into our podcast. Uh, the, the title of this episode is Give Me Five, and we are referring to our top five attractions at the Disney World Resort. Uh, this can range anything from a ride to a parade to a, a show. Really, anything that's out there is fair game. So first, as always, we're going to start with Tom with the news. Tom, what do we got this week? You got a, a week full of news and, and some exciting things happening at Disney World. Going to start in Epcot, uh, what is now known as Ellen's Energy Adventure, originally known as Universe of Energy, uh, potentially closing. Disney has filed a building permit uh, for changes in that area, which is big news. That area, ever since 1982, has been occupied. Um, there's some rumors floating around on what that... Uh, replacement could be yes yeah, so i mean when did that ride become a thing what was it like 95 96 something like that it's been it's there been a there, while it's been there a while and it's really been there too long it's you know it's a 45 minute long ride at this point nobody rides it you know you can get on there with no weight all the time really the only thing it's good for at this point is taking a nap midway through your epcot journey yeah, it's air-conditioned, uh, but no, Ellen's, to answer it, Matt, has been there since 96, and before that, Universe of Energy was there in, in 82, so that space has always been occupied with, with something. Hopefully, now they, they occupy it with some Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know you, you guys think that's the rumor, but I think that fits better in Disney Hollywood Studios, but whatever they do there is going to be great. I mean, I guess they could do, um, similar to Disneyland, we're replacing you know Hollywood Tower of Terror with the Guardians of the Galaxy theme, but I, I don't know if they're going to do that. And I don't want to get ahead of ahead of myself here, but you're talking about Tower of Terror, but I, I think what they've done at Disneyland is a great idea. So, you know, if it comes to Disney World, I'm not going to be too upset about it. So, anyway, what else? Yeah, second bit of news also coming out of Epcot. There is a new boat ride that takes you around the World Showcase. It's going to start and end at the Yacht Club, uh, but it'll go around Crescent Lake and the World Showcase. On your ride, drinks and snacks will be will be provided, and you will have the option to cater a lunch in. Uh, all of this for the the bargain of one hundred and forty nine dollars and ninety nine cent, and that's for up to ten people. Which look, that's not a bad price. It's fifteen bucks a person if you get ten people on there, right? I mean, you get ten people, and I mean, a snack and a drink. How much is that in in, in the parks? You're gonna spend that much on a snack and a drink anyway, so so you get a nice little um, boat trip too. Yeah, I mean, what and what better way to see the World Showcase than from than from the lagoon, right? And I meant to add, it's a a sixty minute uh, sixty minute boat ride. Uh, that, that's a good length. Uh, third bit of news for us is out of Disney Springs, Disney Quest, the beloved Disney Quest, officially closing on July third. How do you feel about that, guys? Look, I I haven't been to Disney Quest since two thousand two, two thousand one, something like that. I mean, it's been a long time, so. This was expected. I don't think this is this comes as a huge shock to anybody. And this park that Disney kind of, you know, said was the 
theme park of the future is it's been dated for the last 15 years. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I think that's why Disney isn't blowing it out of the water with the news uh, because it has been rumored. Uh, closed dates have been pushed back. Not, I'm not sure if the NBA, what experience is going to replace it anymore. Uh, but certainly an era coming to an end. I know Matt enjoyed Disney quest as a kid. Well, I did, and it's one of those things that the rumor's been out there for a while that it would be closing sometime soon. It's something that, even the last couple times I've gone to Disney, I haven't made room for it in my plans. So, it's it was a lot of fun as a kid, but it just doesn't have a place anymore. And Matt, even if you were going in the next month and a half or two months, would you really stop by Disney Quest and check it out? Yeah, and that's and I agree with you. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I haven't done it in the past couple trips, so what, what would make me do it you know, in the next two months. I, I might want to walk in there for some reminiscing, but I'm not going to make it a big part of my day. <laughs> Our uh, last two news stories are are big time for me. Uh, they're both coming out of Magic Kingdom. The first one is the 3 p.m. afternoon parade that's always been is moving to 2 p.m. Uh, and the reason that is, is a big deal is there's a, a rumor that Disney may be opening up that time window for a potential nighttime parade. Uh, that could come back to the Magic Kingdom for its first stop. Correct, Pete? If it would be Paint the Night? Yeah, it's yeah, correct. It's So the rumor is that Paint the Night has been packed up and is ready to be shipped out from Disneyland. And the rumor is that it's coming to the Magic Kingdom. Now, granted, there's a ton of other Disney parks that do not have nighttime parades. So, you know, Shanghai Disney, I, I don't believe D- Disneyland Paris has a nighttime parade. So there's a ton of other places that this parade could potentially go. But since the Main Street Electric Parade has left Disney World, Disney World has not had a nighttime parade. So moving this parade back from 3 to 2 could be potentially a lead-in to Paint the Night coming, which is really exciting. Have you guys watched that? Yeah, I have. I've watched it on YouTube. Never seen it in person. But how cool would it be for a nighttime parade to come back to the Magic Kingdom? As a kid, you know, you grew up and you were there and you looked forward to that each night. I know we went a couple times each trip to go watch the nighttime parade at Magic Kingdom, especially if you're, you know, coming from Epcot and you can take the monorail over and still catch the parade at night. Yeah, absolutely. If, you know, with the show that Disney has running now at night, is a parade necessary anymore? I love nighttime parades. (laughs) I love the nighttime parades too. I mean, you might run into a, a congestion issue with, you know, just people being able to move freely throughout the park through that, that time frame. You know, you can always walk through the shops if you get into some congestion and you can still make your way to the end of Main Street. Yeah, you can. And I agree with the nighttime parade and with used to be wishes happily ever after now. There's a ton of congestion in that area. So is that something that Disney wants to add to? I don't know. Who knows? But, but yeah, the rumor is that Paint the Night is coming to the Magic Kingdom. And our last bit of news, also staying in the Magic Kingdom, moving over to Frontierland. Uh, fan favorite and, and a ride that's dear to all three of us. Uh, Splash Mountain is going to be closing for quite a lengthy refurbishment, August 28th to November 17th. So, uh, unfortunately, if you're visiting the parks in that time frame, one of the premier rides at Magic Kingdom will be closed. I, I hate this. You know, this is a pretty common thing. Typically, Disney does this. Not during the summertime. It's a water ride, so this typically doesn't happen in the summertime, but hey, it has to well, happen every they're year. They're kind right? of avoiding the summer. I mean, they're doing it late August. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's more fall. It's more fall. I mean, it's the end of August. It's still going to be 150 <laughs> degrees down there. It's t- so. Yeah. Well, it's Florida. It's going to be hot a lot. That about does it for me for the news right now. Anybody else have anything to add? 
No, I, I think we're good. And I think with that, we'll kind of roll into our main topic for tonight. And as we hinted during the introduction, our, our topic tonight is going to be our top five attractions at Disney World. Now, this is not limited to a specific park. It's not limited to just rides. It's It encompasses everything. Parades, rides, attractions, shows, you name it. It's fair game for us to talk about tonight. And... So I, I think that we're all going to have some pretty different ideas on what kind of the can't-miss attractions are at Disney World. But before we get into that, why don't we talk about what barely didn't make the list for us. I know that you know when you think about Disney World and you think about all the things that you have to do every time you go, there's a lot more than five things on that list. So Matt, what, what do you have? Yeah, so in talking about the things that didn't make the cut, this was a painful list, and it was tough, actually, to, to make my list. Um, the first one that didn't make the cut, Kilimanjaro Safari. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a tough one to leave off. Um, as we, we've talked about on the podcast before, and I'm on record saying that I think it's one of the top rides in Orlando, in Disney, and it didn't make my cut. Um, another one that didn't make the cut, Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, that's one that that was my very first roller coaster I went upside down on, and going zero to going zero to sixty to start a ride and getting left off is kind of tough. Um, I'll quickly touch on the last two. The Great Movie Ride is a, is a favorite of mine. It was tough to leave that one off the list, and the last one is Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that one before the movies there was a ride, and if you haven't if you haven't opportunity had the opportunity to, to visit that ride. You know, that's something you definitely need to do. Yeah, Matt, I'm uh, I'm with you on Pirates of the Caribbean. That was a missed missed cut for me. I have them labeled as MC. Uh, what a classic ride. It's, it's a lot of people's favorite ride. Uh, the other two that I had off, Rock and Roller Coaster as well. I can't believe I left it off. I, when I was doing my list, I actually was asking the guys, can we do 10? Uh, because it, it just doesn't feel right for Rock and Roller Coaster to be out. And then Haunted Mansion, unfortunately, did not make my cut. And I know that's a huge favorite for a lot of people. Uh, but those are those are my couple that, that just missed the cut. How about how about you, uh, Pete? So for me, Haunted Mansion was on my list too, uh, as was Rock and Roller Coaster and and Kilimanjaro Safaris. But for me, kind of the most surprising one that didn't make the cut was Space Mountain. Space Mountain was not in my top five. Not in my top five either. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's one of my favorite rides. <laughs> and 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 I agree. You talk about an iconic ride at disney world space mountain is definitely it but i'm flabbergasted how either of you could leave that out spoiler alert it's in mine and we did not pre-discuss our list so i just <laughs> just found that out well it's interesting i mean pirates of the caribbean i mean that is a classic ride that opened in 1973 so it's something that i've done every time and i think most people that have gone to disney multiple times over the since 1973 have done that a couple times, times. trip uh, when I go, I mean, it's... Yeah, why Why wouldn't you? Hey, my favorite part, and I'll discuss this a little bit, is the smells. <laughs> you know, there's, there is, I swear, there is some orange smell that they pump into there that is incredible. Didn't and you buy every candles time, for the smells I bought of candles. I bought candles for the smells of rides to try to duplicate that, but nothing has come close to, I don't know if it's an orange blossom smell or what exactly it is, but I, I can't find that exact scent, so... Anyway, let's let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Matt, what's your number five? All right, like as Pete promised, we're going to get some debate here. Um, so guys, don't pounce on me right away. 
But number five on my list is Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. Let me speak. Let me speak. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. You don't really know someone until you share an XP-38 Space Cruiser with them. (laughs) I'll tell you right now. Being in charge of the direction you are shooting is a big, big deal. I really can't. Go ahead, Thomas. What were you about to say? I, I can't pounce on you because I love the ride, but you were right. It is, it, it's bigger than the trust fall to say, yeah, man, you can steer my <laughs> ranger, my space ranger. It's a make or break part of your trip. I agree with you. And this is not in my top five at all. I kind of wish it were now, but it, it's a make or break part of your trip. If you can't trust the person you're with to steer that crap, I mean, it can ruin the rest of your trip. There is no feeling like being locked in on a Z and all of a sudden swinging to your left violently. You know, the, uh, the a funny story about that. On our last trip, it was uh, we did we had four four guys, men do Disney. We did a two two v two on a uh, Buzz Lightyear, and what the the two new guys didn't know is that I knew all the right targets to hit, and Pete trusted me for steering, and we both maxed out our score by like the third room. Now we we only did that because the ride broke down and we just we had free reign to shoot the volcano <laughs> as many times as we wanted. Right, because typically it takes to the time you get to Zerg's crashed ship and you shoot the bottom of that. But yeah, so what they're talking about right now is like when you get to the end of the ride, you can compare your score to the Space Ranger chart. And just so all of you know, I'm a galactic hero. I can't speak for these two. <laughs> No, whoa, 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 Matt. When we went, I seem to recall me being a galactic hero, and you were not a galactic hero. I don't, I don't know if my memory is a little skewed on that, but so, um, just so you guys know, what we're talking about galactic hero is the the top score, and there are about six or eight different other scores that you can um, compare against. So that's my number five. You know what? It's not going to pop into a lot of people's minds for their top five events or attractions or anything at Disney World, but for me. That's one of the most fun because it brings out the competitive juices in every member of your family or your group at Disney, and it's it's fun to do. It does. I think that the line is too long. It's something that's pretty easy to get a fast pass for generally, so you normally don't have to to stand in the line. I don't know. It's it's one of those things for me that if you are going with your buddies and you can have a competition, it's fun. But it's something that if if you're going with your family. If you're going with your wife and two kids, I mean, come on, is that going to be really fun? You and your wife against your two kids or you and your kid against your wife and your kid. I don't, I don't know that when, when we go, when we've gone together, I agree with you hundred percent. It's a lot of fun because there is that competitive element, but I don't know if that carries through to say a family trip. And, and the awesome thing about our list, and you're going to hear all about them tonight, but this really is a list. This is my personal list. This is what I like to do when I go with my friends and you know, that's kind of who I go with now. I told you on the first episode, my wife's more of a, a beach and, you know, cruise or resort type thing, not an amusement park person. So when I go with my buds, I always hit this up. But um, Thomas, what do you have for your number five? I'm interested to hear it. I, I don't think you guys will jump my case too badly. I have Expedition Everest and Animal Kingdom is my number five. couple reasons. It makes the top five because it's a heck of a roller coaster. Uh, spoiler alert, you go backwards, which is very unique uh, to roller coasters. You'll see a lot of parks. Which I forgot to tell my wife the first time that we went on it, and she was not pleased with the situation. <laughs> yeah, she, knowing your wife and not a, not a huge throw ride junkie, she probably was a little confused when the track ran out. I, I wouldn't say confused was the right word. I, I think she attacked me <laughs> was, was more how it the, went. The other reason I, I have it up there, 
Uh, not a lot of Disney rides have single rider lines. And this is another one. You can go single rider if you don't mind riding alone. You're getting on the ride. I've never waited more than 10 minutes in that single rider line. I agree. I, I've got this slightly higher in mind, but but I agree. The single rider line is a huge, huge thing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here for the first time. We really haven't got, got on this path yet. But the reason I left Everest off was because this is not a ride that when I go to Disney World, I'm making sure I do if I have a limited amount of time. I'm not making sure I go to Animal Kingdom just for Everest and Kilimanjaro because I think I can knock it all out in Magic Kingdom. I think I can knock it the big rides out of Hollywood Studios, um, even Epcot. You know, going around the world. Like I think this is just one of those things with Animal Kingdom. Like you touched on before, it's you know, it's it's a park that's not a full day park. I agree with you, and I and again, we're we need to kind of mention that we're recording this before Pandora has opened, so none of us has been to Pandora. And that's definitely going to add some to the appeal of Animal Kingdom. But I will say that the last few trips that I've been on, I've made sure to hit Animal Kingdom. Specifically because of of this ride. And and one that I completely forgot is Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Dinosaur's another one that I kind of wish I would have put on my Just Missed Out because it's, it's a great ride. Pete, how about you for number five? So my number five is Tower of Terror. Mm, good choice. couple couple reasons for for that i i think the the theming is okay i'm not okay. in love with the twi- i'm not in love with the twilight zone theming and i'll tell you why are you scared of it i'm not no i'm not scared of it but i just don't see what the twilight zone has to do with disney and this is why i brought up earlier when we were talking about ellen's energy adventure the fact that I'm okay with what Disney has done and converted Tower of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's okay because it takes a known Disney franchise and it applies it to the park. You know, you look at the Tower of Terror and yeah, the the theming is the theming is great right now, but it doesn't really fit with what Disney's trying to create at that park. I think if you walk down the boulevard that leaves the Tower of Terror, you are trans- transported to 1950s Hollywood. And that's where the Tower of Terror Hotel is. So when you talk about theming not fitting in. Are you in, though? Because. I feel like I am. Because you have Rock and Roller Coaster right beside it. I know yeah. where you're going. You have Rock and Roller Coaster. You have Beauty and the Beast. You have the Fantasmic Theater. Really, the only thing that's transporting you back to 1950s Hollywood is the Hollywood Tower Hotel. The theming is great, but I don't know that it fits in with the overall narrative other than being the Hollywood Tower Hotel of Hollywood Studios. And you know, something we'll definitely have in future podcasts is history of rides. And I think that um, you'll all enjoy the story of how Tower of Terror came to Disney. But look, I, I still like this ride. I'm not, obviously it's in my top five. You know, so I'm not I'm not bashing it. I, I think that if it gets a reskin, am I going to be upset? Probably not. You know, I think we have the opening monologue when you're sitting in the little room watching the TV memorized at this point. That's because it's a top five ride. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, amidst the glitz and glamour. No, I, I think we have that memorized at this point. So, and the ride itself is great. You know, the, the drop sequence being randomized really works out because you really never know what you're going to get. You don't know when you're going up, when you're going down. So, I think that really works out well. But that's kind of the reason it's not higher in my list is mainly because I don't I don't know that the theming fits in like it should with the rest of the park. 
I get you, and I, I respect that. And I mean, you have your top five, like you said, so obviously you love it. Um, Pete, do you want to go ahead and knock out your number four, and then we'll start with you, and then go to Thomas? Yeah. So my number four ride is Pirates of the Caribbean, and I I don't really think I need any kind of explanation here. Look, this is classic Disney. What I what I like most about this ride is that you can go into this ride and have no idea of what the story is, no idea what the ride is about. From the second that you walk into the queue until you get onto the boat and you ride the ride, you're completely engrossed in this ride. You know, you don't have to have a huge knowledge of any any franchise. You don't have to have deep background of any franchise to get it. And that's what I think is so cool about this ride. And that's where I think Disney is the most successful. And, and that's what I think makes the most successful Disney rides is the rides that in, invent something new and transport you to a different place. And, and you don't have to have that background knowledge to really appreciate and understand the ride. Now, Pirates of the Caribbean has been changed, obviously, since it's opened in, what, 73? And some of the changes have maybe not been for the better. You know, I, I kind of wish they would have left some of the movie stuff out of the ride. But it's still a great ride. And I can't get enough of the smells. You know, whatever smell that they pipe, if anybody knows what the smell that they pipe into that ride is, contact me. Uh, let me know because I'm going to buy, I will buy a 55-gallon drum of it. How about you guys? Tom, Tom or, or, or let's, well, let's talk about this ride first, I guess. I can't, I have nothing to argue on it. I think it's a, a fantastic ride. It is one of my favorites, and it is one that almost made my top five, so kudos to you on putting it up there. That was a good pick. Yeah, and for me, it's one that barely missed, missed out on my top five. Um, I got one quick question for y'all on this ride. Everybody has a favorite scene of Pirates of the Caribbean. What's your favorite scene on the ride? For me, it's it's the dog holding the keys and the cell. I mean, that's the most iconic for, thing for me. For it's me. anywhere the dog is because it's the same dog that they use in the Carousel of Progress. It's the same animatronic dog. Uh, they just recreated it for that ride. That's why it's my favorite. Yeah, Matt, I agree with you 100%. For me, at the end... When the dog has the keys and they're trying to lure the dog to the jail cell, favorite, favorite scene. But that's followed very closely by the pirate sitting on the bridge that you that you go directly under, whose foot is dangling down. Because you know you look at his foot and it is, I mean, it looks like a real foot. It's hairy. <laughs> oh, it's hairy, man. The leg is hairy. The foot is there. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think that. I think this was a very safe pick for me. I don't think anybody's got anything really negative to uh, to say about Pirates of the Caribbean. So, Tom, number four. I'm doing a switcheroo on the fly. I had a, a different number four in this, and I don't even know if that's allowed. But we're creating the rules as we go. I had pirate. I had a. I'm sorry. I had Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Spin. We hit on that one. I'm changing mine to Jungle Cruise. And the reason I'm putting Jungle Cruise in is because it's a classic ride. <laughs> no one obviously thought about it. Y'all may have it in there somewhere. And it's different every time. I have, without a doubt, been on this ride and had positive experiences almost every time. But the last time I rode... What was her name? Was I can't even friend. remember her name. Was it Brittany? It, all I remember is her... She obviously had the, the jokes that everyone on the boat would get. But everything in between was so quick-witted. And if you didn't pay attention the whole ride, you were missing it. And we got stuck for a while, too, and she just kept going. It was bonus time. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that that's that's a good call. And I think the older you get, the more you're also going to appreciate the Jungle Cruise, and you're going to get past like maybe it's dated. You know, some of the stuff on the outside of the boat doesn't really look real, but the skipper's great. Hey, I can tell you as a dad now that that is all dad humor. And you know, I was going to say, so I, I get it. Riding the ride. I get you it. almost look around and, and you see the parents with those sly grins that you now have, knowing that only you are getting and the kids are just, they're dazed with happiness. They're at Disney World, but they have no clue what the skipper's saying. I, I can't argue with it. I know it's, I know it's your number four. That's a good pick. I don't, re- I don't have anything negative to say about that at all. I really don't. I think that's solid. All right, Modem, throw us off the boat. Let's hear something. So, guys, I think we've pretty much been in agreement here on a lot of these rides. We've had a little bit of back and forth, but I think the back and forth is really going to get in the nitty-gritty here. Um, I'm going to throw one out there that I love, and I know I'm going to get some pushback from. So, guys, with my number four, I'm going to go with Soren in Epcot. Um, that's a ride that you don't find in many other amusement parks, and you really do feel like you're flying. I love seeing everything on screen. I love seeing the world from that viewpoint. And um, I'm going to let you guys go because I think that I'm going to get some pushback here. Okay. So you're, you're obviously talking about the Soren today. That's not the, the original Soren that yes, was in, yes. in that, uh, that place. I am maybe in the minority here. I think the old Soren was far and away better. Um, I think the smells were better. I think the experience was better. And, I mean, I actually felt like I was flying. I'm going to talk about this a little bit because Soren is a little higher ranked for me than this. But I agree with you. I, I think that the Soren over California was much better than Soren around the world. And I, I wish that, you know, they have two theaters. Maybe they have, they may, may they run one Soren over California and one Soren around the world. They can't do that because the standby line for Soren around the world would be walk up. <laughs> and uh, the one through California would be out the building. Well, and that's that's the other that's the other negative that I would say about Soren is you go through the queue at Soaring, and this is my problem with Spl- with Space Mountain as well. The queue at Soaring is awful. There's nothing to look at. It's a they blank added the wall. They yeah, they added the they added the game, but uh, the game's not that great. I'm not picking Soren for the game on the wall, Tom. No, but no, not the game on the wall. There's a trivia game now. But the problem is that there's no cell phone service in there, and and you can't connect to the Wi-Fi. So really, can you can you play the game? Hold on, but you both are gonna have it. You both either have it or will have it in your top five, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I still think it, I think it's a unique ride, and I think it's something you can't find anywhere else. And for that reason, it's up there. It is. You can't find it anywhere else. And like I said before, this is prior to the opening of Flight of Passage, so. Which I've heard is very similar to Soren. Heard that too. Heard that too. Uh, but so so I don't know if it's going to be unique anymore after this. But but right now it's a very unique ride. So number three for me is Splash Mountain. I think this is one of the rides that you think about when you think about Disney. It's been there for a while. I love the story on it. Um, there's there's one thing that's really cool for me, and it's riding Splash Mountain at night. When the fireworks are going off or when you see a show, you can see the castle. Everything to me on this ride is great. I think this is way too low in your top five, but... That's my only opinion. I, I think you, you left it a bit too low. This is one of the best rides at Disney World. I understand it's in your top three, but man, how many times have we ridden that? Oh, I've ridden that 
hundreds, probably over a hundred times, I would imagine. Pete, how long? It's it's a decently long ride. It's about a 12 and a half minute or 13 minute ride. I mean, it's a long ride. It's probably one of the longer rides. You know, that's not, obviously we're not talking about World of Energy or Carousel of Progress, but it's one of the longer rides at Disney World. I'll, cert- I'll post a picture on our Twitter to show you the enjoyment level we find on Splash Mountain. I think that is one of the best pictures of any Disney ride cam that I have ever seen. Yeah, and I, I've seen the picture. I like. I wasn't there for that trip, but it's a great, it's a great picture. Um, I want to talk about two things. I'll start with um, just the splash mount of the ride itself. I think the two drops before the big one is awesome. I think that that's the perfect amount of anticipation building up for the big drop. What do you guys think? Yeah, if you go on it with someone who's never been, you can easily convince them that that first, the first, first little baby drop right when you get into the ride is the big one because they see you're going up and you're in open air. Oh, but the two inside the ride are also like like my wife, and and going down into the laughing place is is awesome because you know it basically turns into a roller coaster at that point. You are no longer really riding a water ride; it's on tracks and it's it's out of the water at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, talking about going with you know people that haven't been on the ride before and how you can surprise them, one of my favorite things is when you ride that ride with someone who's ridden it before and the fight for the seat on the left. Because if you are on the right side, you're 100% getting wet. And it's the annoying kind of like dripping wet that kind of splatters. Well, I wouldn't say 100%, but I would definitely... Because how many, how many times did we ride that ride the last time we went? Six or seven? At least. And, and I would say maybe 50% of the time. You know, it really depends on how you get stuck there. Sometimes you get stuck right by that waterfall. Sometimes sometimes they're very generous and they turn the waterfall off if you're going to be stuck there for a long time. Sometimes you scoot right through. Sometimes you scoot right through. But I tell you, when you get stuck by the waterfall right before the end of the ride, it is miserable. And that gets you wetter than any other part of that ride. You know, we, we did uh, the last time we went, um, we had uh, two guys in the front, two in the next row, and then a family behind us that we didn't know. And we all talked about ducking as we dropped to potentially get them wet. And the dad told us afterwards, he's like, man, I saw you guys sitting in front of me thinking I'm going to stay dry. And then you all pulled the old duck on us. <laughs> and we were, got, the little girl got soaked. Oh. Uh, so Tom, number three. Oh man. Sorry. Um, Pete, I'm going to go back and agree with you on number three as tower of terror. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. They've randomized the drops. Now the, the pre-show is incredible. The queue, once you get inside, is great. Uh, outside leaves a bit to be desired, but it is a little eerie, especially at night. But it's no Haunted Mansion. I feel like haunted, the outside at Haunted Mansion is incredible. And if Tower of Terror had that outside, it would make it a hundred times better. But I agree. Once you get inside, once you get into the pre-show area, once you get down to the boiler room, oh yeah, it's, it's great. It really is. So I know we've hit on Tower of Terror. We can, Pete, what's your number three? Well, my number my number three is Soaring. I 100% agree with what we said earlier. I really like the old Soaring. I love Soaring over California. I'm not as big of a fan of Soaring around the world. And it's, it's look, it's because of the smells. They changed the soundtrack. The soundtrack to Soaring is iconic. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of the old Soaring music in the ride now. But it's still different. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the same, and it hurts. But at the same time, it's still, 
it's still fun. It's still, you know, sore and it's just not the same smells, which hurt. It's a must. It's still a must ride. Still, a must it ride. is, it is a must ride and it's a very innovative design. It's like nothing else you're ever going to see anywhere else. Yeah. The queue is not great. You know, you're looking at a brick wall for for the most part and trying to play a crappy trivia game with no cell phone service. So that's very frustrating. Yeah, and I, I still think it's the it's the top ride in Epcot, even with Test Track and, you know, Ellen's Universe of Energy. I know it's great, but <laughs> Well, but Matt, you have not seen you have not seen the Frozen ride yet. And you I think not. I think Tom, we have a picture to post of one of our buddies enjoying that frozen ride. Uh, maybe we can put that up on Twitter as well. As as happy as we were in the Splash Mountain picture, and I mean we're all, we're past a, a, the 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 happiness, this guy is below a 1 on 1 to 10 happiness. I have never seen someone with such a grumpy look on their face for a ride. And I will post that on Twitter as well. It's because he was looking for the troll, right? I mean, that's what he was looking for, and it never popped up. Well, and I didn't mention this, and I, I don't think it's really fair to mention this, but look, the ride at Norway, Maelstrom, was incredible. And I'm sure that eventually we'll do an episode on long-lost Disney attractions or, or whatever, but I'm really upset that Frozen replaced Maelstrom. I, Matt, the last time I, know, I went was right I before it closed. I know. And I love that ride. I mean, we rode it, what, three or four times? We, we rode it a lot. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the love for it that Pete does, but I promise you that this would be close. It would definitely be in my top five. It, I don't know that it would be. Yeah, it definitely would be. Look, the queue the sucks. I mean... Let's be honest. It's literally a back and forth. You get to see a mural of a big Viking scene. So the queue is awful. Or the queue was awful for that ride. No, it was terrible. It was terrible. But the ride was amazing. Particularly if there was no wait for it. And I maybe the reason that I love that ride so much is that the first time that I went to Disney World, we had no wait for it. And we literally rode it back to back to back to back. We must have ridden it seven or eight times. And we got thrown down the river by the troll every time. And it, it's just it, a it was fun a fun ride. ride. Shocking. It didn't change in between, uh, in between each ride. He always threw you down. Troll always threw you down the river. So I guess I'm up for number two right now. So my number two is Expedition Everest. I know we've talked about it a little bit. But look, I think this speaks to Disney Imagineering. This ride, starting from the queue... The theming is incredible. You go through a, a, a temple. You go through the Yeti Museum. You know, everywhere you look when you're waiting in the queue for this ride, there's something to look at. You never get bored in this queue. You get on the trains. They're old-fashioned steam trains. They, they spew steam when they pull into the station. I mean, come on. The queue's incredible. I will give you that. If you do not go the single rider route and you want to wait in the queue, you will be thoroughly entertained your entire time waiting. I don't think I've ever gone through the queue in its entirety. I think I've always been fast pass or single rider. If you've done any um, any reading or research on people actually hiking and climbing up Mount Everest, the artifacts, the pictures, the things they have inside of the queue are incredible. They are. And, and it's definitely something worth doing. Now, I don't know if I'd want to wait two hours to ride it. And wait in the queue for two hours. But if you go 
you know, at the at park open when the line is relatively short, when it's a ten or fifteen minute wait, it's definitely worth waiting in the line just to see all the stuff. You know, that's what our last trip. That's what we did. We went. Uh, we had fast passes lined up for that as well. But we knew we'd want to ride it multiple times, so we did the queue the first time, the single rider the second time, and then the fast pass the third time. I think. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good run. That's not a bad. That's a good back to back right there. That's not bad. But look, let's talk about this ride a little bit. I would argue that this is the best roller coaster at Disney World. Granted, you don't go upside down, but you go backwards. It pretty much feels like you're going upside down when you go backwards and you're going up that big curve uphill. It's an incredible feeling. The only downside that I will say is that the Yeti is not in fully operational mode, so the Yeti looks a little silly when you finally see it. But everything else about the ride is amazing. And like we kind of touched on earlier, I forgot to mention to my wife when my wife and I rode on it that the roller coaster went backwards. She is not a big roller coaster fan. So when we got to the top of the hill and the track ended, I thought to myself, crap, this roller coaster goes backwards and my wife is going to hit me at some point. And she did. And she did. Deservedly so. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, guys, with Everest, I've. I'm ashamed that I didn't have it on my, like, almost made the cut list. I thought about it, and you talked about doing research on Everest earlier. Like, I was actually looking up, like, I saw some news about Mount Everest today. So I was looking at, like, the first people that climbed it and how many people have climbed it. All Sir that. George Mallory, by the way. Yes, and um, he had a friend as well. Yeah, Tenzig Norgay. Exactly. And Pete learned all that in, in the line at Everest. No, not necessarily true. I'm My wife and I are planning a trip, actually, to trek to Everest Base Camp at some point to go to Nepal. I don't know when that's going to be, but we have actually planned out this trip. So, Yeah, I think the biggest downside to this is just the, the long wait if you don't have if you don't have a fast pass or you're not going to the single rider. Well, like we said before, Pandora, the world of Avatar, that's how you turn Animal Kingdom into a full day park is if you wait in that line. Well, I'm going to reload back in here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition. That was your number two, Pete? That was my number two, yes. All right. My number two is a big one. It may be too low after the rain I went on earlier, but Splash Mountain is going to fall into place at, uh, at number two for me uh, for all the uh, for everything we mentioned earlier, right? It's a, it's a classic ride. Um, the queue is incredible. The ride itself is incredible. The drops, the entire thing, it's uh, one of my favorite rides at Disney, and that's why I have it at number two. And we're not going to fault you for it. I mean, you guys have all told me I'm too low, so I agree with you there. With, with that, I think you're too low. Yeah. With that being said, I'm going to knock out my number two, and I'm going to I'm going to be the first one to do this, but I'm not actually going to pick a ride. I am going to pick Fantasmic. Uh, yeah, well, for my for my money, and I've said it before, it's the best show on Disney property. Number one, I hope it never goes away as they're changing some things now. Um, I love all the characters. You want to talk about what is Disney in a nutshell? Fantasmic is Disney in a nutshell. You get... I love Fantasmic. You guys know I love Fantasmic. For our listeners, the three of us will sometimes get together late at night on a Friday or Saturday night and watch Fantasmic. I mean, that's how much we like Fantasmic. So I don't fault you for this, but Fantasmic has gotten very dated to me. Fantasmic hasn't changed since, when did Fantasmic come out? 96, 98, sometime around there? I was going to guess 97. It's been there a while. It's, yeah. it's been there a long time. And in that time, it has not changed at all. 
let's look at what Disney has released since that time period. Just to hit a big one, Frozen. Frozen's not in Fantasmic at all. Now, whether or not that's a bad thing, who can say? But Fantasmic hasn't changed really at all. Now, I will tell you that Mickey slaying the dragon at the end of Fantasmic, spoiler alert if you have not seen Fantasmic, Mickey slays the dragon at the end, is one of the coolest things I've ever seen at Disney World. When he pulls the sword out, you know, amidst all the fire and there's a huge dragon, it's it's really cool. But with Happily Ever After coming out and, the, and not just Happily Ever After, all the projection shows, Star Wars projection show, Fantasmic's starting to look rather dated. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite shows at Disney. Maybe my all-time favorite, if I were to, to to have a category there from a show standpoint. Is it the one I enjoy the most today? Probably not. Uh, but that is because of a little bit dated. And Pocahontas has never fit to me. But I'm going to swing it back to the, to the guy who put it at number one. Okay, guys. No, 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 no. We're we're sticking here on number two for a little bit because y'all, you guys are. I know you guys love Fantasmic, and I think you're sandbagging a little bit on how much you like Fantasmic. <laughs> to be honest, um, number one, I I love the storyline. Pete kind of t- kind of touched on it. Um, for me, this is Disney at its best. This never gets old for me. I I know you guys say it kind of does for you. Um, the Pocahontas, I don't really mind because Jon Snow swinging across the the face of the mountain. It's still pretty cool to me. Yeah, but what about, I mean, all the Disney franchises that it misses? What about Aladdin? What about Beauty and the Beast? You know, what about all those big Disney movies that... They're in there. They're, they're not, kind they, of They're not there. featured, but they're in they're, there. They're projections. Yes. Uh, is Aladdin even a projection? It's not, think, no. I don't think but, Aladdin's in there at all. Yeah, you see, you see him on the boat. You see him on the ship at the end. Okay, but I, but I think there's a lot that's, that's missed there. Okay, well, before I get to number one, I want to. Okay, I want to let Thomas speak on this really quick. Did you say Jon Snow swinging across or Jon Smith? What are we? What are we watching? Game of Thrones? <laughs> I said Jon Snow. Wow, we're, we're good job, Tom. Game of Thrones fans. You know, you know nothing, Matt. Evidently, I know nothing. Everybody, uh, before we move on to my number one, I want to go ahead and give um, Tokyo Mickey a shout out. <laughs> If he's listening, because Pete talked about how we get together and we watch Fantasmic from time to time. If you want to watch the show, only watch the Tokyo Mickey version. Find Tokyo Mickey's version of Fantasmic on YouTube. It is the best record. It is the best production of Fantasmic out there. And I really hope that at some point we can find who Tokyo Mickey is and talk to him or her because. They did an incredible job of putting it. And on we need to get them. We need to get them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so guys, we uh, we've we've talked about this now. Um, it's all the moment you've been waiting for. My number one ride, it's Tower of Terror, guys. It is Tower of Terror for me. <laughs> I mean, I think the storyline is top notch. I, I I know that when I walk past the first cast member that looks creepy through the gate, I don't care about like the. Go ahead, Pete. You want to say something? Go ahead. No, I, I do want to say something. And I, what I want to say is that when we went, the last time we went for the Disney Villains Unleashed. Yes. We had a cast member. I guess we rode the ride three times in a row. We rode Tower of Terror three times in a row. And the cast member was 
amazing. He looked like he wanted to pick a fight with us the whole time. And when we tried to talk to him, he stayed in character the whole time. So those guys do a great job. No question about it. Yeah, and, and that cast member that Pete was talking about, I mean, that, that cast member, that's what makes Disney for me, but also makes the Tower of Terror. Um, I think from when you step past the first cast member, you are not, you are not at ease for the remainder of your time in the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, like at nighttime, I don't think you can beat Tower of Terror. When you are you know, about to get dropped and you can see out onto the entirety of Disney Hollywood Studios, that's fun for me. It's, it's one of those things like Splash Mountain I talked about earlier. Those are my two favorite rides to ride at nighttime for those reasons. The last thing I want to say about Tower of Terror, and it's one of the things that you know, I really appreciate about it, is you know, this isn't just your, your roller coaster. It's not Dumbo, obviously. It's, it's not something clearly tied to Disney World. And I think that, that that works for Disney because of everything they do around it. And I like the fact that it's not a roller coaster where you're just going to go 60 miles per hour, go upside down a couple times. You can find that anywhere. But this ride, as we talked about earlier, it's never the same drop cycle. It changes each time. You never know what you're going to get. And there's definitely still a story behind it. But that's my problem. And we've hit on this before, is that it? I don't think that it fits in the theming of Hollywood Studios. I think that if there were a way to invoke a Disney franchise, to invoke a Guardians of the Galaxy, like they have in Disneyland, that it would fit a little bit better. So that's my only complaint about it. And that's why it's not higher on my list. I like the Twilight Zone tie-in, but I think Disney's kind of reaching with the Twilight Zone tie-in. I don't know how that really fits in with everything else that while I agree with you, it's also worked for over 20 years. It has. So you're you're going to trust right. Disney there. And people love it. As, as you can see by the 180, 210 minute waits for the ride. It, it's definitely worked. But I, but I think that if Disney were to tie it to a franchise, again, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, it, it would work better. For sure. It, it could be fun. I'm not going to complain if they do it. Tom, what do you got? I am so disappointed. I have not heard this on either list thus far. Uh, my number one, Space Mountain, and it's it's not close. There's a huge gap between one and two for me. Um, a Disney classic. If you know the history of the ride, it was revolutionary to roller coasters in general when it was created. The technology they have to run these uh, to run the ride vehicle on the track, the two sides where sometimes you can see other people riding it. The whole dark theming of it, not knowing where you're going to go, when you're going to go. It doesn't matter how many times you ride it. You cannot predict every twist, turn, and drop. Uh, so I am utterly shocked and embarrassed that you guys don't have this in your list. Hey, you know, this to me is a great example of a ride that I like, but I'm not in love with. The reason for that is that if, if you look at Space Mountain... Let's say you took Space Mountain and put it and, and lighted it up. What would you have? You'd have a pretty standard roller coaster, yeah. right? I mean, it's not it's not that exciting of a ride. I, I mean... It's really not. It's not. I guess if, if you were to, to light it up, put it outside, I agree. It's more like one of those little rat race roller coasters. But being in the dark and the drops and twists it takes you on it, you feel like you're going faster. You feel like it's more extreme than it is. I don't know. I, we're obviously going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I mean, I think I rode it with, with you like seven plus times last time we went, Pete. 
At, at least, you know, we went during the not so scary Halloween party, and there was no line at all. And we did. We we went in line. We got in line. We waited for no time at all. We walked right we in ran. the ride. We ran. We did run. We did run like little girls. Uh, but 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 that's kind of a problem that I have with with this ride is that if you are there when the line is long, the queue sucks. It really does. It's so long. There's nothing to look at. You know, you're going underground. You see some holographic planets, and, and they've put some games in. But there's nothing to look at. I and think it's part of the charm. I don't know. I, I know I told you. Yeah, I know I told you, Tom, the last time we went, that my most hated part of any Disney trip is when you're going down the hill and into Space Mountain and you just see the hour-long wait in front of you. It's miserable. It really is. So it's not a ride that I would ride unless the line were short or I had a fast pass. You know, it's it's not something I'm waiting an hour and a half, two hours for. Definitely. I, I like the ride. I, I Again, I'm, I'm not bashing Space Mountain at all. I think it's a classic Disney ride, and I don't think the Magic Kingdom would be the same without it. But is it something I'm willing to wait two hours in line for? Probably not. I would say that uh, a fast pass to Space Mountain is one of the most prized possessions that any Disney park goer can have because it means you avoid that line. But it's easy to get, right? I mean, you know, we're not looking at a huge challenge to get a Space Mountain fast pass. I'd agree. No, you're so, right. I think it's time for me, and I, I don't. I think I've kind of alluded to this throughout the podcast, but uh, my favorite. My favorite attraction at Disney World is Splash Mountain. There's a couple reasons for this. The first reason, and I know that I've talked about this with a couple other rides, is that you can get on this ride without having any knowledge of Song of the South. You know, Song of the South is obviously what this is based on. You've got Br'er Rabbit, you've got Br'er Bear, you've got Br'er Fox. This is all based on Song of the South. But you can get on this ride having no knowledge of Song of the South. You can go through the queue and kind of get a general idea of what the ride is about. And when you get on that ride, it it takes you on a journey. Look, I think this is where Disney is strongest. And I think this is what Disney is best at with attractions. The ability to create a story in the queue, involve you in that story and put you in the middle of that story in the ride. And I think Splash Mountain does an incredible job of that. You know, there's 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 no question that once you ride that ride, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I'm with you, Pete. I um it was number 2 on my list, number 3 on Matt's. Uh so we're going to echo your love for it. I thought you I thought you brought up a good point though. You don't have to know the story and you're emotionally attached to this story of Br'er Rabbit escaping once again, and you're rooting for him, and you're you're on the ride with him, uh, and when you go down to the Briar Patch, it's I don't know, it puts a smile on everyone's face except maybe maybe your wife's when she did not want to ride it. Well, I, my wife cried the whole time, the whole first time down, but I think that's very important, and I, you know, we may talk about this in a future podcast at some point, but I think it's really important for Disney that they have the ability to tell these stories in the queue or in the first 30 seconds of a ride to involve you in the ride without you having to know a whole lot of backstory. Um, I agree. And I think that's why Tower of Terror rocks. 
A little plug for Tower of Terror. That's really important. And that's why you go to a theme park like a Six Flags where the rides don't have stories. Where you're, you're going on a roller coaster. And that's all you're going on is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's why Disney kind of tops all those for us is because they have these storylines behind their rides. So, but but that's ultimately to me why Splash Mountain is my number one. So that that's my number one is Splash Mountain, and I really don't care what you guys say. Splash Mountain is the best ride at Disney World, and if you disagree with me. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Splash Mountain is still better than whatever you say. <laughs> One ride that I will say that I'm surprised that nobody mentioned is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It is, I guess, what, the second newest ride at Disney World now? Af- after the Frozen ride? It's not It's. It's not that good. It's not that good of a ride. <laughs> oh, and I, I love it. It's very smooth. It's fun. It's fun. If if you have if you have small children with you and they want to ride a quote unquote roller coaster, it's a great ride for them. My one question about the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and this is something that's bugged me since I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. If the dwarves are working in a diamond mine, I mean they are pulling out I've been through that ride. I've seen the diamonds that they're pulling out. Why do they live in a tiny shack? Like you would think that these guys are pulling in diamonds Every day. Why do they live in like a hundred square feet? That's like asking if Pinocchio says, my nose will grow right now, what would happen? Because if it grows, you told the truth, so it's not going to grow. Who knows? So they they obviously have to feed seven men in one house. So that's where they spend all their food. They, They spend all their money on food. Yeah, but Matt, you, you I mean you've bought a diamond in in the last couple of years. I mean, you know how much those cost? Like how I mean, you could feed seven men for for as much as you paid for a diamond, right? Uh, maybe for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, these guys are pulling up hundreds of diamonds a day according to the ride. I know, I know. So, before we close out for this week, we'd like to hit a Disney secret for the week again. Tom, what do we got this week? This week, we're going to visit Animal Kingdom uh, for our Disney secret. This will be the first time we'll be traveling over there. Uh, this one's pretty unique and one that I didn't know and, until I did a little bit of research, but here goes nothing. Animal Kingdom was originally designed to exhibit three types of animals, real, extinct, and imaginary. The latter were to be in a section of the park called Beastly Kingdom. Unfortunately, it was scrapped for budgeting reasons. Uh, but it was nixed late in the planning process, long after it was already incorporated into the design of the park. You will actually still notice the dragon on the welcome sign and the section of the park parking lot named Unicorn. Uh, today, Pandora the World of Avatar is being built on the site, originally set aside for Beastly Kingdom, and it will fulfill the original concept of showcasing imaginary creatures. That's all for The Secret this week. Well, that's all for this week. Hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into what attractions are our favorites at Disney World. Please look for us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast or on Twitter at podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.